0: The Incomparable, number 479, September 2019.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable, a podcast in which we draft things. Well, not always, but, you know, those are the episodes you remember, right? I'm your host, Jason Snell, and in this episode, it's one of those. We're going to draft things. What are we going to draft? Well, folks, it's Saturday morning, and you're in your pajamas, and you're sitting down in front of the television, to watch cartoons or other programming that is targeted at your young little mind so that they can sell you sugary cereal. That's right. This is the Saturday Morning Draft, and here to join me in the order in which they will pick, courtesy of random.org, are the following wonderful people, Erica Ensign. Hello. (gasps) Hello.
2: I get to go first. I'm so excited. You do. I'm almost as excited as I was when I got to eat sugary cereal while watching cartoons on Saturday morning.
1: Excellent. Uh, yes, you, you're very you're very fortunate. But you know who's almost as fortunate as you is Kelly Gamont, who gets to pick second. Hello.
3: E! Hi, Jason. I'm really excited to be here. I'm all hopped up on sugary cereal, and know, ready to right? rock.
1: You know my uh, my wife's uh, parents wouldn't let her have any cereal where sugar was one of the first two ingredients, and I thought, oh, Ooh. that's so unfair. That's What's second that? Leave ingredient great nuts? Are there any? Those, those are the healthy <laughs> cereals with the second ingredient being, ser- being sugar. Uh, Brian Hamilton will pick third. Hello, Brian Hamilton. You have a you have a podcast that you co-host that's all about breakfast.
4: Live from the incomparable. It's Saturday
1: morning. Yay! Monty Ashley will pick fourth. Hi, Monty. Uh, hi, it's me. Yeah, you and I are about the same age, so we're going to be fighting yeah. over the same terrible shows that we're on. I didn't think I would be going this
5: early, which reminds me of getting up too early and you'd have to watch that hour of real kiddie cartoons that were insultingly dumb. You know, my memory,
1: since you mentioned it, my memory of Saturday mornings and it came back to me when we were scheduling this is that I would get up so early that the farm report would be airing. Uh-huh. And I would sit there and watch, I think it was called A Better Way, but it was the farm report and it was tractors and images of like corn being harvested. And I would just sit there and stare at the TV watching the tractors until it turned seven and the actual shows came on. Good memories. Good times. Good times.
6: David Lore is going to pick fifth. Hello, David. Hello there. Yeah, I, I was like that with Captain Kangaroo on weekdays where I got up early enough that I was... Intimately familiar with the CBS Morning News with Hughes Rudd. Oh, wow. And I was waiting (sighs) for Mr. Moose and Mr. Green Jeans and all that.
1: Early risers. uh, You always get penalized. Yep. 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 Kathy Campbell's going to pick after David. Hi, Kathy.
7: I am very excited that I am an adult now and can buy sugary cereal more than once a month.
1: I know it's true. I, I, you know, I will also now mention a power imbalance, or at least, no, it's not that. It's more like a, a a rules dichotomy in my house, which is my wife doesn't really want our kids to be given cereal to the point where. Um, like for their birthdays or for Christmas, they'll get a box of cereal, like as a special thing, whereas I just don't care. (laughs) So, you know, I don't care.
6: Man, it's like Footloose with cereal over there. It is like Footloose, title (sighs)
1: suggestion right there, Footloose with cereal. Uh, He's feeling the pressure, and it's even more now because he's discovered where he's picking in the order. Chip (laughs) Southern is out there. Hi, Chip. It's not just that. But
8: when I was a kid, I lived in a mountain town where we didn't get ABC. Oh no! So I'm already operating at 66% capacity
1: here. All right, that is that's a tough one. I only got like four channels, but I did get the networks, so I I at least got to expose myself to that. Uh, next after Chip, a, another co-host of a podcast. About breakfast, by the way, it is the same podcast. That's not just a weird coincidence. It's Allison <laughs> wow. Truge.
9: Oh God, it's me, Truge. Welcome. I'm so excited to both be representing '90s kids and also uh, soggy cereal.
1: Yeah. Oh no, no, I'm not getting back back into soggy versus crunchy with you here. Yo, Here's an episode of Most Important Meal where you can listen to it. I'll pick last because I'm the host, so I have to pick even after Chip. Even after Chip, that's how far back I am. Oh, so it's all it's just quickie koala for you. So whatever I was gonna pick, Chip will pick it if David and Monty don't pick it, and Kelly probably, and maybe Erica. Anyway, Um, hey, Erica Ensign, can you pick a Saturday morning TV favorite for your first pick in this ridiculous draft that we're doing right now?
2: I sure can. Right. I wasn't really worried because I didn't think anybody else would pick this because usually when I mention it to people, they go, what? Um, But when I was a kid, I was really into music um, and I wanted to be in a band and my parents were in a band. So I thought people who were in bands were really, really cool. So my favorite Saturday morning cartoon of all time is one that was about bands. And every single episode had a, I think it was every episode, at least. It felt like every episode had an original song written just for the show that had a live action music video. But the cartoon itself was not live action. It starts that way. It starts that way. It's a band. And they're, they're rocking out. They're practicing in their practice space. And there's all these boxes around and this weird old mirror. And suddenly this cartoon guy shows up in the mirror and he says, I am taking you to the flip side to be my musical slaves forever.
5: <laughs> oh my how many kinds of slaves did he have <laughs> wow
1: all the genres all. Oh, okay yep. cool
2: they uh they and they get zipped into the flip side it is a a tv show called kid video and that's kid mm-hmm. with two d's because it's the wow. guy's wow. name um and it has the catchiest theme song ever i love it so much <laughs> i still listen to it on a semi-regular basis uh along with some of those other songs which are terribly catchy i emphasize terrible but really good in that way (laughs) and and yeah it's this band who is is running around the flip side they've got um this this awful villain named master blaster is the is the one that wants to make them his his slaves forever they are rescued by a fairy who's named glitter and then uh every episode um they are either trying to help free people uh, from Master Blaster, or they're trying to find their way back to the real world, and yeah, you get to see some music videos. Um, I believe there's a, an evil band that's made up entirely of cats that uh, keep wanting to steal their music. <laughs> I don't remember it super clearly. Cats but what hate I, music,
8: Erica.
1: That's why.
2: <laughs> oh, no. <Wow. laughs> what I do remember is how strongly I felt about this commercial. I was or <laughs> commercial. <laughs> see, see. <laughs> Cartoon <Spriggin'> slip <laughs> interchangeable. Yeah. Uh, I just I was so excited for it every single week I wanted to know what was going to happen to this band were they ever going to get back to the real world and was the lead singer ever going to fall in love with me that that was what I wanted to know yep
1: I have never heard of this it's a little bit See? after my time I guess that's good because oh, that means wow. you didn't pick something that I might have had on my list
2: yeah it ran from 1984 to 1985 on NBC this is what if we did a
1: kids uh, show a Saturday morning cartoon show about uh, <laughs> music videos right like it's it's a, that's the elevator pitch
2: Yeah, it's like MTV, but for (laughs) kids, and it's animated.
1: With an arc.
4: I'm watching the opening to Kid Video now, and I remember this from when Erica went on a uh, Twitter thread about, is this a weird Canadian thing that no one else remembers but me? And I remember
1: this because, oh my God, it's delightful.
4: (laughs) It's so catchy. It's so good.
1: Kid Did Video is taken now. Uh, Kelly Gamont, what is your choice? You
3: know, I was thinking, like, do I pick... like like. I, tr- I tried to limit this to stuff I actually watched and there was there was some stuff I watched if I was up early enough I didn't always catch the farm report
1: it's, it's, but... there's, man those tractors they pick a lot of <laughs> corn or whatever
3: <laughs> but there were other things I watched one of the ones that came on uh, reasonably early uh, while, while I was growing up was Pee Wee's Playhouse oh
0: man oh yeah
3: nice and the reason that that uh, like one of the first things that happened after Jason announced the draft was I said are we limited to Saturday morning cartoons or is this Saturday morning television so uh I want to go with with Pee-wee's playhouse one of the things I love about Pee-wee's playhouse is how it's almost aggressively random at times and you know you will cut to Pee-wee in the playhouse he does a bit and then we cut back to whatever the actual little bit of storyline is for that week and he always had really great cameos and really great um uh, guest appearances by people that would come by and uh i i will will announce here on the internet for everyone to hear i have the peewee's playhouse christmas special on dvd so that i can watch it every christmas because i love it and you know it like oprah it, it it's from a very specific point in time so oprah introduces herself with her last name which is really entertaining every oh. year to hear her go it's oprah winfrey like we didn't know and uh everything about the show I love because it's really random it's funny in places and there's some stuff in there some humor that's really clever that you don't notice until much, much later. So um, I really like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Everything from uh, the theme song being by Cindy Lauper to uh, Morpheus being a guy who shows up in a cowboy outfit and uh, huh, yeah. yep. hangs cowboy out Larry. with Pee Wee. Yeah, fer- yeah, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, Phil Hartman is
1: Captain Carl,
3: too. Phil Hartman is Captain Carl. And th- it was just such a, a, a little. And, and the other thing, like aside from the fact that the show was kind of random and odd at times, is that it was one of the only live action things at that point, because Captain Kangaroo went to Saturdays only, I think, at one point mm-hmm. and then yep. uh, before it ended. And so uh, this was one of the few live action things that you could watch on a Saturday morning. And uh, I always really loved it. I watched it beginning to end uh, from the first episode to the very last. And I always really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, and very weird, weird and subversive in ways that especially the animated stuff that was generally just getting cranked out by the animation studios couldn't be. It is, you know, people from the Groundlings comedy troupe and the Pee Wee, uh, the Pee Wee Herman show that was part of, you know, Paul Rubens's whole like, you know, weird thing that he was doing with that character before they did Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and how this... he got
3: Pee Wee's Big Adventure was like, let's take this weird character exactly. and let Tim Burton make a movie about him. That's how it happens.
1: So so it is, you know, unusual in that it's it's literally a Saturday morning TV show that is kind of a parody-ish sort of of a Howdy Doody or a Kevin uh, Kangaroo, mm-hmm. but also more more serious about being a kids show than you might think, but it is done with the sensibility of people who were be, who were doing, you know, I- improv and and sketch comedy. So, yeah, it it's unlike anything else, I think.
3: And one Emmys, like for not just for technical excellence, but like daytime Emmys, I think for like excellence in children's broadcasting yeah. by telling people to like be cool to each other and, you know, like yeah, it was really it's a it's really interesting and it's more interesting in retrospect. I feel like it really holds up because it's its own little world. So it's not like, oh, this was, you know, that's a haircut that I recognize from the mid 70s or whatever, like you can on some other stuff. I
7: was never allowed to watch it.
1: Oh, that's how good it was, Kathy. Yeah, I know. That's I how know. good it was. <laughs> All right. Pee Wee's Playhouse has been taken. That I knew that one was going to go. That one was too good to stay up there. Yeah. Young Brian <laughs> Hamilton. Did you see things on Saturday morning? I have an opening
4: statement. (laughs) (laughs) If any of you, and I swear any of you, that includes you, listener, try to fact check me on whether or not these shows aired on Saturday mornings. Because believe me, Trude and I tried. These channel listings do not exist anymore. And we tried extremely hard. But the show I'm about to pick is on a list of some of the best Saturday morning cartoons Ever. so you know what I'm picking it and no one can stop me except Definitely. maybe Jason I but nope Jason can't do that. stop let yeah, go ahead I'm go ahead readying my yeah. objection uh, 2001's Fairly Odd Parents created yes. by Butch Hartman uh, oh, is about Timmy Turner show. and his two very strange fairy godparents. Now, what Truj and I realized in talking about the shows that we grew up with in our childhood is that Nickelodeon existed. That's the main thing, is that Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon existed. They were networks for kids, so we didn't have the experience of, like, oh, thank God, the one time of week where we could watch cartoons is on Saturday morning, but we did have Saturday morning cartoon experiences as children so fairly odd parents one of still one of my favorite shows I went back and rewatched a bunch of episodes for this and I, I didn't realize until this uh, didn't realize this until today it just ended in 2017 like with a whimper and not a bang I had no idea it was running this long but wow those early seasons are so zany and energetic and interesting and creative and I remember watching them as a kid and thinking okay this is like you know things are holding together plot wise you no know, he, Timmy's making wishes causing trouble looking learning a lesson and then wishing them back after you know a 10 minute story arc but now watching them they feel like you know early internet albino black sheep like flash animation caliber humor and speed it's like oh wow I guess the medium has changed so much and I guess uh, the internet's really taken this place for a lot of you know a a lot of children now growing up and learning this kind of stuff but Fairly Odd Parents was my number one
1: pick for a zany uh, sugar cereal fueled uh, marathon on Saturday mornings. Brian given your age and the fact that the Saturday morning TV show <laughs> as a concept on network television had ended by the time that you were uh, of the target demographic I will allow it
0: yes <laughs> but I'm allowing no, it I'm not opening the me. door to all animated
1: series <laughs> or anything like that it's 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 for for when you were a kid in your pajamas watching TV so yes Brian, Brian has uh, Brian gets to pick and Truge you get to pick from maybe a different collection that's fine that's uh, wow we spread out the era all right, we're perilously close to moving on to Monty's pick, but before we do that, I'm going to stop everything for a sponsor. This episode of The Incomparable is brought to you by DoorDash. Whether you're super focused at work, having a chill day, or just forgot to meal prep. Oh yeah, that happens to me all the time. Oh, the refrigerator's empty. Now what? We, You know, we all need to eat meals. With DoorDash, you can have dinner from your favorite restaurants delivered right to your door Ordering couldn't be easy. Open the DoorDash app or go to their website on your computer, which is what I often will do. And you choose what you want to eat from what restaurants, and it's delivered to you wherever you are. Your favorite pizza place, probably your favorite Chinese place on DoorDash. Over a quarter of a million different restaurants in over 3,000 cities offering door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada. So you can order from whatever your local go-to restaurant is. And chains are in there too. Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, the Cheesecake Factory, they're all in there. Uh, My kids and I have been using DoorDash with our local Indian restaurant, which is really nice. And we had a moment of despair where there was no food in the house and we didn't know what we were going to do. And I actually took, in the afternoon, I uh, went to the kids and said, what do you want? We decided on Indian. I took their orders. I put it all on the website. I actually said, rather than an ASAP delivery, because I thought slightly in advance enough to uh, be there in the afternoon. I said, deliver at 6 p.m. And you could do that or you can do ASAP, whatever you want. And at 6 p.m., there's a knock on the door and the food is there. It could not have been easier. Now, right now, you can get, dear listener, $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter this promo code, Incomparable could not be easier. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code INCOMPARABLE. Download the app now and start planning your dinner. Don't forget that's promo code INCOMPARABLE for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Thank you, DoorDash, for supporting the Incomparable. Monty, Ashley, uh, what do you choose?
5: One thing that I think was interesting about the Saturday morning cartoon experience is that they would just rerun things forever. Mm -hmm. No offense to anybody who might pick either of these live-action experiences later on, but you'd be watching cartoons made this year, and then you'd see, like, Three Stooges or The Little Rascals. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because you didn't have a choice, you'd just sit there and watch them. Yep. (laughs) So my thing was actually a repackaged edition of cartoons made many decades earlier, (laughs) <laughs> but it, oh, it was my favorite don't. show uh-huh. at the time. And I think uh-huh. the only one of them that I would go back and watch now, it's the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour. Yep. Oh, yep. Oh, wow! That was the highlight of the Saturday morning. Uh, it was an hour and a half. Um, yeah. It really did divide things evenly between Bugs Bunny cartoons, which are great, and Roadrunner cartoons, which are all exactly the same. <laughs>
7: And still great. <laughs> but great. Yes, They're good, thank you. But they are all
5: exactly the same. When watching the opening credits, which I still know by heart, you know, Overture, over Curtain, curtain lights, lights, and so forth. This is um, it.
6: Will it die of nights? We no more, no rehearsing more rehearsing or nursing our part. We know every part by, part by heart.
5: <laughs> it always seemed odd to me that when everybody would come marching out, a prominent spot was given to that baby kangaroo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Wow. We did not need that many cartoons in which somebody confused a baby kangaroo for a giant mouse, because there were a lot of them. It brought Bugs Bunny to my generation. I think Bugs Bunny cartoons uh-huh. are still great, even though they are yep. oh, yeah. full of radio catchphrases nobody gets and caricatures of <laughs> Hollywood stars nobody recognizes. <laughs> yep. They should be mm-hmm. dated. They're not. They're great. And they were they were the best thing on Saturday morning in the
1: 1970s. I remember uh, at some point, later in life i saw something uh, maybe it was a documentary or maybe it was an old movie but it was like with like eddie Cantor. i want to say yeah and i had this moment when i went oh oh yeah. <laughs> right like it's like oh yeah. that that yeah. that character parody from all of those cartoons now i understand where it comes from and that was just one reference amid hundreds in those The cartoons. first time i saw
6: an edward g robinson movie i was like Oh.
1: Oh, it's that guy. It's the like, guy. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. Right? it's that guy. Yep. Mm-hmm.
6: Yep, yep. Yeah, this this was one of the two shows that was like a never-miss thing for me, and that I figured that if I wasn't first, it was going to be gone like that. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you grew up, at least I grew up, because I'm not
8: quite that old yet, not even knowing that they were shown in the movie house. Right. I just thought that this is right. just cranked out, you know, current. I thought this was new stuff. Yeah. And- it, it was on for years. I remember being a little miffed when they changed the animation for the "This Is It" song, and all of a sudden they're wearing top mm-hmm. hats and it's looking mildly new or something <laughs> like that. I remember when it was the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour, and then expanded to ninety minutes as the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Show, and I just sat there. It didn't ca-
1: didn't matter how long.
5: What am I gonna go watch Tom and Jerry? Come on, <laughs> <laughs> the Tom and Jerry, Shot- Greek Greek Shots fired. show. Shots no. fired.
1: They killed Tom, probably. <laughs> That's how that works. David, it's your turn.
6: Well, see, this is not, Oh, see, I'm tempted. I'm tempted to pick the other one that I would never miss now that I can. <laughs> I had a backup already because I figured I was going to be last. But you know what? Scooby-Doo, where are you? i got some work to do here. now. Nice. That was the show for me. And, you know, even even the later iterations, the, the new Scooby-Doo movies with all the celebrity guest stars. Scrappy-Doo. Uh, the, the new Scooby-Doo show. Scrappy-Doo <laughs> was where he began to get disenchanted, but I was also like 10 by then.
3: Scrappy-Doo is the cousin
6: Oliver of the Mystery Machine. Exactly. But classic Scooby-Doo still holds up. These are pretty good mysteries. They're very basic. And, and one of the things that like the, the current movies they make now for DVD miss the point of is that... It's not that they're spooky. It's not that they're these supernatural things. It's that they're saying, "Hey, you kids who are scared by monsters under your bed, there's no such thing as monsters. They're not real." It's a. Okay. It's all a land it's, developer. It's always right? Old Man Jenkins down at the amusement it's park. It's always Old Man Jenkins at at the, at the bank who wants to scare mm-hmm. you off the property uh-huh. so he can sell it.
9: The person um, we need to fear is the rich. <laughs>
6: right, right. Oh, it's very, it's very class oriented too. You could do, you could read do the rich. And, Sorry. and right. I mean.
2: But you can always trust a stoner.
6: Just for the, the, the words <laughs> zoinks and "jinkies," I mean, zoinks. I, use I use those jinkies. every day, and and it's it's fifty years old this this week. In indeed. fact, indeed. Oh, wow. Monty talking about old shows that were
4: repackaged and sold to kids resonated with me because of Scooby Doo. They would slot episodes of Scooby Doo in, not during like a boomerang hour or whatever when I was watching Cartoon Network as a kid, but they would just slot it in randomly in the middle of a lineup. And I had no idea they were, you know, 50
6: year old shows. Yeah,
9: I had no idea because they were still airing the original series on Saturday mornings.
6: If you look at Hanna Barbera's output in the 50s and 60s, you know, it's very much, you know, Tom and Jerry ripoffs and simple things. And. Things for adults like the Flintstones and the Jetsons and Johnny Quest, and then Scooby Doo comes on, and suddenly everything in the seventies is ripped off of Scooby Doo. They ripped themselves off so many times, yeah. like, you know, Jabberjaw and Fangface and the Funky Phantom and the Clue Club and Speed Buggy. It's all right. the same. And template. Josie and the Pussycat, which I personally really and like, Josie and but the Pussycats. Well, I mean, that did come from Archie Comics, but definitely the the Josie and the Pussycats in the Outer Space (laughs) version is just totally speed buggy crossed with Scooby-Doo. You take back what you said about the Funky Phantom. No, I, hey, I like the Funky. I'm not. I'm not dissing the Funky Phantom. I'm just saying it's a bunch of wacky kids solving mysteries. Except yes. instead of a dog, they have a ghost. They have a a, a
1: Revolutionary War era ghost.
6: Yeah, because I mean that. Wow, happens. the people who made these these shows in the seventies
1: were so high. It's unbelievable.
6: Shaggy was the most sober.
1: Yeah. Oh, Shaggy. Oh, well. it had to be done. Scooby Doo. Yeah. We knew it was coming. Where are you, uh, the Mystery Machine? fred and that song
6: is an earworm from hell i love it i spent five hours yesterday being daphne (laughs) you
1: did you did hey this is cross promotion please enjoy shocktober on total party kill where the characters might resemble characters from scooby-doo i'm just saying
4: legally distinct legally distinct
1: (laughs) and you may find a ghost and i would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids and that brings us to kathy campbell kathy what's your choice uh
7: i am so excited. Um, Because these are the world's most fearsome fighting team. They're really hip. (laughs) They're heroes in a half shell. Oh, no. And they're green. Hey, get a grip. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This was amazing. Uh, My brother and I, this was a show that we always agreed on. To watch, which was a major bonus to my mom. Um, we also, it was a great game to play because we could have however many friends together and fight over who got to be Donatello. Um, but we could add Shredder and Splinter and like all sorts of fun things on the playground. Um, but the show itself was so great because April O'Neill was like, An awesome chick who I was like, yeah, I want to be a news anchor.
2: Role model.
7: Yeah. So I loved the songs. I loved the characters. I loved the pizza. And we always would get pizza uh, for breakfast when we weren't having cereal. We would get cold pizza for breakfast, which was really fun to eat while we watched Teenage
4: Mutant Ninja Turtles. Soggy or
1: crunchy uh, pizza? (laughs) <laughs> uh, crunchy. You can't leave your pizza in uh, crunchy milk. Pizza? That's, that's. I was gonna say, yeah, it doesn't or work very
7: well in the milk.
1: No, no, uh, Monty, do you? Would you like to say something about the fact that uh, we we knew Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when it was a comic book and not just a kids uh-huh. show? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh, on my wall
5: right now, I'm looking at a drawing of Raphael drawn by Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman at the San Diego Comic Con oh. in 1987. Oh. Uh, a few months oh.
1: before the cartoon aired, and suddenly everybody knew about it yeah, yep yeah yep. it's it's it was weird because of course, uh, yeah. at that point we were too old for that that uh, cartoon, yeah. but I remember discovering that it was huge with the kids and thinking, huh because you know it's a kind of a joke about the X-Men and how there are so many teenage mutants and but it's like no, yeah. but it's it's graded in it as its own thing and it became a, a huge cultural phenomenon.
3: That was a show my house agreed on as well, by the way. Um, my brother yes. mostly wanted to watch it. Uh, I enjoyed the comic. I was sort of confused by the show because I'm like, this isn't the Ninja comic, Turtles. No, it's
1: different. So yeah. It's fine. It all worked. <laughs> it all worked. That's a franchise that, that maximized its profit potential, I think. Uh, yes. Jim Sutter, it is your turn. Well, um, at the top of the
8: draft, Erica... Uh, not only demonstrated her love of music and band stuff, but also of stories about teenagers trapped in a world that they never made and wondering if they're ever going to make it back home. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, unlike the flip side, uh, there was another show with a world where there was... Danger and mystery mm. and magic and monsters mm. Mm. and dungeons and dragons.
0: <laughs>
5: oh mm-hmm. Gilligan's Planet. It, Land of the Lost. <laughs> Rubik the Amazing Cube? The Dukes? I do speak of Dungeons and Dragons.
8: Oh, with oh, the, nice just well. all of the classic fantasy tropes just lined up there for you, uh some interesting choices of voice casting. <laughs> Ralph Mouth as a as, as a semi-heroic cavalier. Well, that's just typecasting. Adam Rich yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. Enough. Yeah. It is enough. The the character designs were awesome. Uh the animation was typically stellar. All of the all of my backups On this list After Bugs Bunny The Roadrunner Shore Show My basic criteria was Did this show Have backlighting And Dungeons and Dragons Had lots and lots Of backlighting Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) Wait wait hang on Let me check Yep it had backlighting (laughs) Thank
1: you Brian
8: (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate the backup There from (laughs) random.org (laughs) <laughs> I was by the time Dungeons and Dragons came out, I was probably a little bit too old for uh, Saturday morning cartoons. And in fact, uh, there are some other ones on my list that were actually from the 90s because hey, there was still some good stuff out there. But Dungeons and Dragons just had all of the all of the fantasy tropes a kid could want. Mm-hmm. Uh, the action was nonviolent, but you still had a dude shooting energy arrows from a
5: bow.
1: Chip, I, so I was 13 when this premiered, and my memory of it is I was I felt like i was basically aged out of saturday morning cartoons at that point and i saw this show and i thought oh my god (laughs) this is so amazing and and i would make an effort to watch dungeons and dragons even though i was you know 12 13 14 because it felt i mean it was obviously aimed at the top of the saturday morning age range and it had Mm -hmm. just enough kind of continuing story and character drama that it 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 really got its hooks into me as a, you know, very young teenager.
8: There were a very few character arcs in there. Uh, uh, Cavalier, uh, the Cavalier character, Eric, became less of a jerk slightly over the uh, over the couple of seasons. Uh, I also was old enough that I could uh, whenever they dropped in an Easter egg from the games or the um or even from the uh, toy line, which was kind of separate. Uh, they would bring in some characters from toy line. I was like, ah, I get that reference. Um, you know, it, 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 was, it was it was a load of fun. And there is a script out there in the internet for the never produced final episode of the show where they did, in fact, get home. Mm.
0: Aww.
1: I really did think you were going to pick Land of the Lost there up, up until you mentioned the Dungeons and the Dragons. Because your description would have applied to Land of the Lost, too. Although the monsters yep. there were a little less shall we say animated i mean literally and figuratively because it was made in flexible <laughs> lizard suits um but uh land of is on the board if somebody wants to to choose that weird show uh, i'm sure truge won't though uh truge you're next <laughs> what do you have
9: Hi, it's definitely not Land of the Lost. Um, Well, I mean, nothing good happened in the 90s, I guess, Um, except for this one cartoon. Uh, It is three five-year-old girls who were created in a lab and uh, are Uh, somehow uh, mm -hmm. uh, tasked with protecting an entire city. Um, It's the Powerpuff Girls. And I love love them so much. And I was kind of like, I was debating because I was like, oh, is this kind of like a corny answer? But then I was really thinking about it, and I was like, I really wish that it was, like, not so rare that there was, like, a Saturday morning cartoon that was not only, like, had a female lead, but three female leads. Um, I just remember, like, watching that cartoon, and it was, like, so silly, and it was, like, kind of, like, 50s styled in a weird way, and also, like, had godzilla monsters in every single episode that these like little girls were able to just like totally beat and it just made me feel like i could do anything and that show was just amazing
7: it was a really good show i loved getting to share that with avi she also loves powerpuff girls uh one of these days i want to go as powerpuff girls for halloween with her that'd be
9: amazing too old We'll see. I, I feel like the new Powerpuff Girls, because Brian and I tried to watch it and there's definitely some like capital P problematic episodes in the new iteration of Powerpuff mm. Girls. It's not good. Oh. And I was <laughs> I was too scared to go back because I can already think of like some definitely Capital P problematic things that happened in the original Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. But the original just it was so good. It just really was even just
5: on the most shallow level, the new Powerpuff Girls, the voices are wrong. Who are you trying to fool that's not Bubbles? (laughs) Yeah.
9: They're incorrect. And also, there's, there's no charm to the new Powerpuff Girls. Like, I don't know. I feel like the main, like, core of that show is, like, here's three tropes of, like, how people can be women and also, like... Uh, embody like different kinds of strengths and not like have to embody like masculinity to be powerful or to like slay monsters or any of that kind of stuff. And then they
5: Mm -hmm. would mess with that too. What I'm specifically thinking my favorite episode where Bubbles becomes hardcore. Yes. Yes.
4: (laughs) Oh yes. I can be tough.
5: This is also
8: one of the uh, cartoons that absolutely wins the opening and closing music Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My my brother was once trapped in an airport overnight uh on a layover and the TVs the, the TVs surrounding the area were in a constant um constant loop of commercials and so he was hearing that dun dun da you know every every <laughs> hour on the hour while he's desperately trying oh, to uh wow. wait for oh, his flight gosh. but that music is so infectious. Um the characters the, the, the characters are subversive in a way. You wouldn't do everything that they did then now, I don't think. But um, you know every everything from Miss Bellum to him to
5: yeah. the you know H- him it's is great.
1: H- him it- yes, him is the best. I love that show. All right. Um I am the number nine. Final choice of this round, and I am going to pick something that I feel like is, uh, in my mind, the uh, the champion, the the leader, the the greatest of the Saturday morning era between uh, the early seventies and the mid eighties. The show that just strode across the landscape, and no other show could really match it for its influence. I'm words, Snell. These are big words, hmm. I know, but hear me out here. Because, really, in the end, it all comes back to the Hall of Justice. Yes. The home of the Super Friends. Yeah. A show that was, it was an hour, it was a half hour, it had different names, it was the best of the Super Friends, it was the legendary Super Powers, it was the world's greatest Super Friends, it was the challenge of the Super Friends, the Super Friends Powers team... Power Hour thing. I mean, it goes on and on and on. But my point is, this was a show with all of DC Comics' classic superheroes, most notably, of course, Batman and Robin, Aquaman. Why is he there? I don't know. Superman, of course. And <laughs> Wonder Woman, super influential. Uh, they had adventures. They had. There was a dog for a while, Wonder Dog. Later, there were the Wonder Twins. Wonder Twins. Took two kids two kids to replace that dog well, wait, is wait, all i'm saying right
6: past wendy and marvin <laughs> oh, who were the and, dogs and, and there
1: were many many yes many other characters and they they rotated in different characters over time i believe that for at least some portion of the run of the show um adam west and burt ward were the voice of batman and robin mm-hmm. towards the very end uh there, there were it, it just it was to me and again i i I think people generally know that I always uh, liked Marvel stuff more than DC stuff. But on a Saturday morning, the Marvel stuff was rare and kind of all over the place. But the Super Friends, when I was a kid, it was Always there. And yes, they would recycle old episodes and then they'd bring in new episodes, but you never knew from week to week, uh, you know, what other heroes would be involved. And Wonder Woman would fly her invisible jet, which is a really great way to save on uh, money for animation, by the way, because she's just <laughs> yes. in a seated c- yeah. position in the sky and the clouds move by. It's amazing. Well, they had the outlines.
6: They had the outlines. They did the have,
1: plane. yeah, that's true. And yeah. she had her lasso still and all of that. Anyway, yeah. I, um, I think, uh, I, I just, I don't know. The, it, was, it was the one that was always the Super Friends on Saturday morning. That that would be the one mm. that was just, it was always there in some form. And you would go there eventually because that's where you got Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. And yeah, Aquaman would be there with talking to fish and stuff too, if you really like that sort of thing. <laughs> and then there would be other guest stars. And, uh, and to, to be honest, some of the, the most amount of information I have about DC Comics classic characters is from the Super Friends, really.
8: So you took the uh, you took the umbrella, uh, you know, if if it, if it had gotten back to me, I would have uh, zeroed in on Challenge of the Super Friends because I was mm. always a more is more is better kind of kid. Uh, why why settle for five heroes and some sidekicks when you can have like 13 all at once?
1: It's the greatest yeah. crossover right. event right. in all of uh, cinema. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we we have chosen nine Saturday morning TV shows. And you may be saying to yourself, dear listener, well, of course, now we will go around again and everybody will pick (laughs) another TV show. (laughs) No, no, the second round is not a TV show, everybody. For this (gasps) second round, I would like everybody on the panel to pick a serial It can be sugary. It could be not sugary. I don't care. I'm not going to look at the ingredients label. I'm the the parent (laughs) with the low standards. Get what you want, kids. Eat whatever you want. Erica, pick... (laughs) A cereal.
2: Okay. Well, when we were originally discussing this, uh, you specifically had said sugary cereals. Right. So I came prepared with that because we I, I was also not allowed to eat uh, sugary cereals in my house. So we only got to eat sugary cereals when we went to visit grandma and grandpa. Me too. Uh, which was mm-hmm. very exciting. So I have picked a sugary cereal that actually I ate for the first time at my aunt and uncle's house. And I was just blown away by it. And that cereal is called apple jacks yes. yep. yeah. I there are there are three uh fake flavors that i do not like i don't like fake banana i don't like fake cherry and i don't like anything that's fake apple flavored except for some reason when you put it in a super sugary super crunchy form and you make it look like <laughs> radioactive cheerios uh it does it for me <laughs> And I just friggin' love Apple Jacks. It's the only artificially flavored apple thing that I've ever found in my entire life that I enjoy. But now I live in Canada where I can't find Apple Jacks oh. and I'm sad all the time. Oh. <laughs> I would
9: endeavor to say that Apple Jacks also doesn't really taste like apples. True. Like,
8: I think they actually
5: had commercials yeah. where they
8: started going like, it's not apple,
4: but we don't know <laughs> it what is. it you is. You're, you're a lame
5: dad.
4: Don't you want to be a cool kid? <laughs> uh, so follow up, uh, sugar is the first ingredient in Apple Jacks.
3: Oddly ah. enough, it doesn't taste like Jacks either.
1: <laughs> Ow, pointy. Okay, Apple Jacks is off the board. It's still a draft. Draft rules apply. <sighs> Kelly, uh, draft a cereal <laughs> now.
3: Okay. In Kelville, this is the one true cereal. There is none higher. Uh, you can eat other lesser cereals if you desire. Uh, you may be a little judged for it, however. Uh, you also get bonus points if you eat this in a Peach Fire King handled bowl. Jason, I'll send you an image if you want. Um, I know that this is very specific, but we were allowed to have those bowls because you could hold on to it. It has a little handle at uh-huh. the side. You could hold on to the, to the side of the bowl and you uh, so that we could sit in front of the TV and watch cartoons while we ate our cereal. So this was like a special treat to get to have stuff in this particular bowl. And the only cereal worthy of the Peach Fire King handled bowl is Cocoa Pebbles.
1: (laughs) Wow, that was a plot twist. (laughs) The end. (laughs) Sure. That's what goes in the bowl. Drops food. Yes. Did you ever do that thing where you look, and it was an optical illusion? You look at the cocoa pebbles in the milk, and you're like, oh my God, they turned it into chocolate milk. But if you remove all the cocoa pebbles from the milk, it's not chocolate milk. It just looked Ooh. like chocolate milk because of the darkness of the pebbles, the whiteness right. of the milk. It was, mm-hmm. uh, it was all a lie, I'm saying, but that was... creepy <laughs>
3: It kind of was, but if you didn't necessarily eat them rapidly, then you did get a little bit of chocolatey milk at the end.
1: Maybe. I, I'm, not, I'm not a believer. I think that there was never any chocolate milk. It was all just... Our imaginations. <laughs> it
3: might have been
2: sugar in your milk. The milk is
0: cocoa alive. Pebbles
1: is a weird cereal too, because they're like little and they're, it is. They're, they're mm-hmm. like not like most other cereals, and the fruity pebbles as well, which was there. no. Know. But cocoa well, pebbles yeah. at yeah. least tastes
3: like analog, like something vaguely chocolatey. Sure. And fruity pebbles, I don't even know what that tastes like. Apple Jacks. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: that's
5: no, when, They are fruity when, the same when, way true. Apple Jacks are fruity. I it, think It that's tastes what it like is. Yeah. the chunks of your hard palate that are now dangling after being chewed up by the <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the part. It's oh. a rice it's a rice
6: cereal, that's a rice that's cereal. That's
3: Captain Crunch. This isn't no, this isn't brutal. Made this isn't chainsaw rocks.
6: cereal. So when when I said I had a podcast tonight and my wife said what is it about? I said, well, it's a cartoon and cereal draft. And she said, what is wrong with you people? Yes. <laughs> Good question. She's very sensible. And I said, you know, well, what did you used to watch? Well, she didn't really remember anything. And then there's this long pause. Fruity Pebbles. Uh, I always ate fruity pebbles. That was like if I was lucky. Yep. Was like, All right. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right.
1: Cocoa Pebbles in a Peach Fire King bowl is off the board. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Choose a cereal. This was my favorite cereal as a kid and is my one true cereal
4: even now. The only cereal I ever endeavor to eat regularly. Cinnamon toast crunch. I love him as Sherlock. Oh. The
9: taste
5: you
4: can see. <laughs> <laughs> can adults see why kids love Cinnamon Toast Crunch? It's got the waves. Now, it has just the right amount of sweetness to not be overbearing, but my favorite part about it, and I'm not a big cereal, or I'm not a big milk fan, but my favorite part about it is the cinnamony milk you get at the very end because there's so much cinnamon sugar blasted onto these little squares of, I don't know, wheat, puff, whatever, uh, that, are, that, that make the milk really, really sweet. My favorite cereal then and now. Cinnamon Toast Crunch.
1: Monty, choose a cereal. I, too,
5: was not allowed to eat sugary cereal, so I had to make Aww. do with Raisin Bran with a whole bunch of extra sugar sprinkled on top.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> Which I do not
5: did. recommend. It's better without not doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Instead, mm. I'm going to follow the rules set by Evan Dorkin, a uh, comic book writer and artist who explained that food is better the more like candy or a toy it is. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I'm listening so Ideally both
5: uh, yeah, Absolutely So that's mm-hmm. why I'm picking Cookie Crisp a, yeah. uh, oh. a breakfast cereal That is tiny little Chocolate chip cookies
1: Oh my god
9: Okay it's almost cookies It's like a, a poor imitation Of what a cookie is
1: Cookie Crisp was introduced In 1977 yeah, When Monty and I were both kids And I remember, I remember the moment well, That I heard of it And I was like Wait Seriously Really? So they allowed allowed this to be made?
9: Is that what cookies were like in the 70s? I don't think that that's what it was. This was when they
5: just stopped pretending entirely. Uh Uh-huh.
1: And then the cookie crook. Cookie crisp. The cookie crook was the the mascot. He was like a a thief. That
6: that was later. No, it was the wizard.
1: I have the
5: Wikipedia here because I'm fascinated by, you would think this would be a nice, clean concept. It's chocolate chip cookies. It's part of this complete breakfast, by which I mean it is near a complete breakfast in this picture. <laughs> you shouldn't need to sell this, yes. but they have gone through so many tries. First, there was the cookie wizard, Cookie Jarvis. Then there was the cookie crook who was being chased by the cookie cop.
2: That was mm-hmm. my era. In one of your yeah. standard yes. mm-hmm. uh,
5: someone wants to steal this cereal scenarios that happen so often. Right. Then you get mm-hmm. Chip the dog, which is cookie crisp. Oh, yeah. And oh, now yeah. it's Chip the Wolf. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
9: It's for a dash of danger. don't.
5: <laughs> it's chocolate chip cookies, but in cereal. You shouldn't need any of that. No.
0: Yeah. yeah, true. I, I agree.
8: I, I like the fact that I've become more impressive over time from a dog
1: to a wolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, cookie crisp. Yeah. No, seriously. My um, uh, my best friend in elementary school. They got they had no cereal standards, and he got the cookie crisp. And I, I was like, I don't think I can ask my parents for that. Like, it's too. <laughs> that's that's like, come on. It's Crossing it's, a
7: line.
9: It's literally yeah. just you're
1: eating chocolate chip cookies for for breakfast yeah. at that point. Yeah, brilliant. I fail to
6: see the problem here. Brilliant, brilliant. David, uh, choose a cereal. So I used to do this. This was like my morning routine, whether it was Saturday mornings or or you know getting up for that Hughes Rudd hit first thing in the morning. I would walk into the kitchen, grab a box of my cereal, go in and sit down and just eat straight from the box. I never got the whole thing of cereal with milk, and. This cereal would have actually been better with milk, I think, just because. <laughs> um, and and Interesting. literally, I would say ninety eight percent of the cereal I ate in the seventies and early eighties was just this. Once my grandmother got a box of Tricks, and mm. I, I was five, and I I you know I didn't even notice because it was also the same color box, and I'd take it out and I open it up and I'm like, what is this? And threw it all over the living room floor. Oh it was amazing. We were finding tricks for years. <laughs> and that's because it wasn't lucky charms. Mm. And those marshmallows would probably have not been so hard if I had had some milk with them. But mm. I just there was something about the flavor and the texture of it and I was like, yeah, this is my thing. And and I realize as I've gotten older and the the marshmallows have gotten weirder because like oh now they're like stars inside balloons inside unicorn heads it's like what what is that that's not a lucky charm um i'm actually enjoying the oat cereal more than the marshmallows now I used to just eat all the marshmallows out as a child, but
2: yeah, I I have I love those marshmallows, and I had a friend uh, in my gaming group who didn't really like the marshmallows, but he liked the oat cereal. And every what? once in a while, I would come to Dungeons and Dragons and find a Tupperware container full of oh. marshmallows from Lucky Charms oh, that he
7: had
1: picked wow. out for wow. me. That's a
7: good friend, yeah.
1: And you know, yeah. it's just like they they have the other assembly line where they're making the marshmallows for the hot chocolate, and they just diverted <laughs> it and put it into yeah. Lucky. yep Yep. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep.
1: all right uh that one's off the board but there's still more an infinite number of cereals remain (laughs) kathy choose a cereal
7: my number one got sniped thank you david Mm. but (laughs) i got a strong second choice so anytime we would get one cereal a month one sugary cereal a month um after the God, first year. I love
1: the arbitrary ways that parents limit their kids. It's amazing. No, <laughs> you know,
7: it's great. We eventually had to transition to each. My brother and I each got our own boxes because my brother would sit down and eat seven bowls of cereal. And I would eat one. And then I'd go the next day to get a bowl of cereal. <laughs> and and there was no cereal left. Aww. Obviously, that caused Aww. issues. Um, the, the separate boxes of cereal worked out. Until we found him stealing mine, but that's fine. Neither here nor there. Uh, Captain Crunch with Crunchberries was my oh, choice. Yes. It tended to always have the best mm. toys, the color-changing mm. spoons, stickers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But also, the cereal is
1: really, really good,
7: and still really, really good with milk or without, depending on how you're feeling.
1: So I need a ruling from everyone who is not me. Kathy has taken Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. <laughs> Uh-oh. Is Captain Crunch still available? No. Yes. yes. No. no. Uh, yes? Uh, it's different. Yes. I am going I to be yes.
7: kind and say that yes because it is a totally different cereal. It's totally different. The box
2: was different.
6: It's a totally different cereal with a totally different flavor. Regular Captain Crunch is vile. You're not helping
1: now, Chip. You're making it worse. <laughs> 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 On that note, Chip, I, I, it's your choice. I, I just
5: have to really, really quick... Choose Captain Crunch now. Go ahead. I, I have to really quick... insist. It's, it's, it's Cap'n
1: Crunch. It is Cap'n <laughs> Crunch. Cap'n, I'm sorry. He's right. not actually a Captain, folks. He's a Cap'n. Uh, <laughs> I Legally have been states.
7: indoctrinated <laughs> improperly... And believed that he was a captain. He had the hat. He had the epaulettes. (laughs) He's a captain. You know,
9: he had the hat. He doesn't have his degree in captainry.
1: All right, Chip, uh, go ahead. Choose Captain Crunch if you want. Captain Crunch. (laughs) I have been sniped repeatedly. I lost Apple Jacks. I lost Cookie
8: Crisp. I lost Lucky Charms. I lost Crunch Berries. And I was being very specific about that. I wanted to pick Cocoa Puffs, but... Cocoa Pebbles, it's
1: the same theory. Oh you my know? God, they are no, so different no. They're, They're so totally totally to Cocoa different. Puff. Calm down, everybody. We have a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> lot of excitement about cereal now. I'm riled up. So order,
7: order. So order. <laughs> Cocoa Puffs are yours. I'm
1: sorry, everybody. We're all hopped up on
8: sugar here, clearly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Pebbles is specifically rice, and Cocoa Puffs is corn, oats, and or rice.
9: Wow. Breakfast journalism. Thank
8: you, Brian. After all of my hard work has been just stolen by the rest of you. I'm forced to <laughs> retrench and seek comfort among the monster cereals. yeah, okay, yeah. <gasps> mm-hmm.
1: It comes Ooh. always comes back to the monster cereals, doesn't it? It always
8: comes back to the monster cereals. You see, uh, I would have I would have picked lucky charms, but that would be entirely because of the marshmallows. The oh, yeah. cereal itself strikes it, it reminded me too much when I was a kid of uh, Cat Chow. Just vision. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Visually, oh, no. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's a little meow mixy. So, the monster cereals, on the other hand, you have the flavored marshmallows and you have the flavored cereal that has sort of the same dusting of artificial flavor there going on. I am going to pick specifically Booberry because I am mm. always oh. for the underdog. Oh. And wow. Frank and Frankenberry oh. and Count Chocula were all over the commercials. Yes. Poor Booberry over there yeah. in the corner. Always neglected, always ignored. I'm there well, for you, boo. Fruit fruit? And you mean, what mean about then Fruit Brute like that.
3: Oh, Fruit Brute, yeah, that was a good also,
9: one. Also, ghosts are great,
1: indeed. <laughs> Chip, I think saying the phrase specifically booberry is literally the most ridiculous thing in 400 almost five hundred episodes of The Uncomfortable. So, thank you <laughs> that for that. That says
7: something. Wow, yeah,
1: that's up there. Uh, so, Chip has made his choice. It's a monster cereal, specifically. Boo Berry. And oh, I can't get enough of that. truge, it's your cereal choice now.
9: Mm. Wow. Okay. So I think I'm one of the only people to pick a cereal that does not have a mascot. Um, I know, like, Apple Jacks doesn't mm. really have a mascot. It just has, like, a Apples? weird, like...
6: Well, now they have, like, an apple and a cinnamon <laughs> stick that fight.
9: Right, <laughs> it's, you know, an Apple quotation, air quotes, quotation marks. Um, I'm going to pick Golden Grahams. Ooh. Oh, oh, those, those Golden
1: Grahams. That's a classic. Yeah. The
9: thing is, I came from a family where I was basically allowed to have any cereal I wanted. So the allure of the, like, very, very sugary cereal, I, like, didn't want it because I, like... Could have it if I wanted. But what I really wanted was the golden grams because it's like graham crackers, but better. And they're like cute little squares and the milk afterwards tastes amazing. It's everything Mm. to me.
4: Speaking of cereal versatility, these make amazing uh, microwave s'mores. If you don't have an open fire to actually roast marshmallows, you microwave chocolate. Uh, marshmallow and some golden grams
1: together—they're amazing.
9: That's amazing. That's
1: a great choice, and you're right. There's that's just uh, it's just a good cereal. No marketing required. It's just a good cereal.
9: No, I didn't. I didn't need a mascot. It was there for me no matter what.
1: So uh it's down to me now um, now I've done a little research since Kathy picked and it, it's true Crunchberries is a cap and crunch branded cereal, but it is not cap and crunch it is a it is not Captain cap and Crunch with crunchberries. It is literally cap and Crunch's crunchberries. by the way, there is a peanut butter crunch that I've only had once. It was so good, but I only had it mm. once and it was a, as an adult so it doesn't count and uh, even though I did have a backup for cap and Crunch. Which was uh, a cereal that everyone loves because everyone, one, one loves honeycomb. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Honeycomb's
6: yeah. big. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's not small. It's not small. No, no, no. 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 <laughs>
1: uh, but you know what? I'm picking Cap'n Crunch. Yeah! Come on, yeah! it's
8: the best cereal. Jason, explain yourself.
1: I love Cap'n Crunch. I love how it tastes. I love it, that it's crunchy. I don't love that it scuffs up the top of your mouth, but I don't care because I love it so much. But you don't care. Yeah. How can you put your the roof of your mouth through such port, torture without crunch berries with it? As an adult, I say it stays crunchy in milk. As a child, I just ate it out of the bag, man. Come on. Out of the bag. Wow. Damn straight.
4: <laughs> Hardcore. The year is 1999. Captain Crunch, sorry, Captain Crunch, <clears throat> came <clears throat> with a CD-ROM called Captain Crunch's Crunchling Adventure. It came with 250 free AOL hours as well. Oh my God. Hey, no. Yes. What didn't? This disc, when inserted into my family's first ever personal computing device Bricked the computer (laughs) somehow. I don't know how. I was fine. It gummed up the roof of its mouth. Yeah. It ruined my computer, and my dad will never forgive me for ruining my family's computer with Captain Crunch's Crunchling Adventure CD ROM from 1999. You should have
1: known better, Brian. You should have known better. That disc should have had some crunch berries on it. With with that, uh, we have completed a round of cereal, and before we go, we're going to. quickly that's a hint people uh Mm -hmm. choose one more round of saturday morning programming erica do you have another show for me
2: i do um ah uh, choices my second choice i thought for sure was going to be sniped so you know what I'm just going to skip to the third choice I'm prepared to talk about and that is a show that was created by Chris Columbus yes that Chris Columbus uh, (laughs) that had the voices of people who let's see it was the voice of uh, Ursula from The Little Mermaid Bart Simpson uh, the secretary on The Six Million Dollar Man and Bionic Woman uh, Casey Jones from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley uh, the guy who did Hector and Heathcliff and Ernest T. Bass from The End griffith show like oh and the music was done by um don felder from the eagles so all-star creative team here uh, it was called Galaxy High. And I loved Galaxy High. It ran for 13 episodes and just one season. It was about two teenagers from Earth who are accepted to the intergalactic high school. And there's this this guy named Doyle who's a jock and he's super cool. And there's this really uh mousy, shy girl named Amy who's really smart. And Doyle expects to be popular and Amy expects to be an outcast. And they get there and it's the other way around. And all the aliens like Amy because she's smart and Doyle is kind of uh, Uh, left out doofus but Amy takes him under her wing and sort of helps helps make him better and learn how to get along with people and it was just so sweet and I identified with Amy and yeah it's a it's a delightful show and not what I expected to be uh uh, picking as my second choice but here it is because it's great
1: galaxy high by the way also what all the creators of the 70s tv shows were (laughs) 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 I brought it back around Kelly Make your choice.
3: Okay. Uh, since so I only get one more. Uh, and I, I want this to be something that I watched and really loved. Um, I will not be picking the Smurfs. I'm going to pick Muppet Babies. Mm, nice. Which was a wonderful program uh, with Barbara Billingsley as the striped socks that occasionally <laughs> showed up in the nursery <laughs> and, uh, and, and gave all the Muppet Babies the what for. Um This was a weird show, but in a different way than like the Muppet show, but it started with Muppets. And so I sat down and watched it every Saturday, like I was supposed to. Um, And I just, I always liked it because they always, it it was, it almost reminded me of like a public television show because it was kind of always the same show over and over again. Like they would do something, like something would happen in the nursery or whatever. And then... They would use their imaginations to go on an adventure and learn something important. And then there'd be there was like kind of the lesson and then they were done. And that would be the end of the episode. And then we'd move on to, you know, Alvin and the Chipmunks or whatever. So uh, I always really liked watching this program. Uh, If you do decide to go look it up, please do not play the theme song, because whether you want it to or not, it will wedge itself into your head and you will not be able to get rid of it.
6: Never. It's already Um, in there now.
3: I guarantee, and I apologize in advance if you do not heed my warning. Uh, so I love Muppet Babies very, very much. I love most things Muppet uh, to varying degrees, but this is one that, that I always thought stood out because it was a lot of fun.
1: I find the Muppet Babies show troubling because the Muppets are puppets, and this is an animated yes. show. Mm. And so <laughs> the, now the Muppets are, are animated, which always seemed really weird to me. It's like mm-hmm. when Fraggle mm-hmm. Rock oh, yeah. became animated. What happened? It it did ge- also generate a million jokes about fill in the blank babies, Jim Henson's fill in the blank babies for the next two <laughs> yeah. decades. Thank you, Mystery Science Theater. Yes. But hey, it doesn't matter.
3: I liked this show. There's a new iteration of Muppet mm. Baby that's like CG or something. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a bridge too far. Mm. I can't get behind that one. Mm-hmm. I tried. Mm-hmm. I wanted to. I sat down and watched it. Is this like fun? And, er- and I just couldn't get over that it was computer animation. I don't know why, because it was fine hand-drawn but um yeah so i'm not talking about the current iteration that is
1: airing now i'm talking about one from ages jim henson's muppet babies Mm -hmm. yes all right brian your second selection
4: fun fact all three uh series that Trudge and i have picked so far have uh featured the voice talents of tara strong which is really great uh Rugrats, one of the first Nick shows. Uh, One of the very first produced in-house Nicktoons that uh, they made in 1992. Uh, It was really great. Uh, I was not allowed to watch it as a kid. My parents hated it because they thought Angelica was a bad influence, which I guess makes (laughs) sense, but the show wasn't about her. It was about uh, these kids, you know, exploring the world around them and learning who they are and all these things um, there's a really great video essay on YouTube that we watched recently that was about how the Rugrats is all about empathy and teaching people empathy <laughs> and learning all the people around them and how they're supposed to feel it's really wonderful and I wish I could go back you know 20 years and say hey I should watch this show it's really good for me um, <laughs> but aside from that it's really great Tara Strong's in it um, yeah love the show
9: I'll also say as a person whose pick this was before you took it from me Brian <laughs> you
4: traitor
0: um, one of the things <laughs> (laughs)
9: One of the things that's the coolest about the Rugrats is the way that it um, deals with, like, a gender identity in a way that's, like, incredibly elegant and, like, totally appropriate for children, but is also incredibly, like, radical. Um, There are two twins named Phil and Lil who have basically the same character design, except one has a bow. And basically they, like, pretend to be each other the entire series just Mm -hmm. by, like, trading the (laughs) bow back and forth. Swapping the bow. It's intensely cool.
1: All right, Rugrats, off the board. Monty, it's your choice. I've got
5: a lot of choices left here, but what I'm going to go with is uh, there was a law saying that you had to have some educational content.
1: Yeah, there was. (laughs) And I'm not
5: picking Schoolhouse Rock. I'm (laughs) picking the other one, which was called Time for Timer. (laughs) Oh, wow. This was this horrible (laughs) little yellow creature that would come out and explain how great it was to hanker for a hunk of cheese.
0: Oh, that guy! Yes! yes. Mm-hmm. That guy!
5: Or he would sing oh, about long great beans and rice are, answer, they are nice. Yep. Or right. show you yes. how to make fake popsicles out of fruit juice by putting a toothpick into an ice tray. Yes. I liked those way more than uh, Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah. I'm with you. So I'm all about time for
2: timer. Time for
1: timer. I remember this now.
2: I didn't know the name of it, but I am there with you. Yeah.
3: I do remember those.
1: I totally made popsicles out of fruit juice with the, uh, with toothpicks yep. and uh, mm-hmm. and some like uh, you know cling wrap over the yeah. top. Can I recommend actual popsicles though? They're
6: delicious. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair,
6: fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, your choice. Well, you know I've got a lot on my list and things that you know if if I have to stick to things I watched when I when I was a kid, I can't pick the tick or Freakazoid, but you can't. You know, those are great.
1: Although, oh, honestly, you could going. pick The Tick, because I watched The
6: Tick when it was a Saturday morning TV Absolutely. show on Fox
1: as an adult, because it was so great.
6: But no, when I was a kid, when I was uh, nine and ten... Um, you know, you, you got to know the different animation companies, right? You know, Hanna-Barbera and Warner Brothers and, and Filmation. And Filmation's stuff was always kind of cheap and shoddy looking. You, you, you knew this as an eight-year-old. I right? didn't. I bought it hook, line, and up, <laughs> yeah, but go well, ahead. you're a sucker. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, and they had done the Star Trek series. They did Tarzan... And the Lone Ranger and Zorro and CBS packaged it as the Tarzan Lone Ranger Zorro Adventure Hour. Who uh-huh. names these things? They're geniuses.
7: <laughs> <laughs> so smart. So many hours of time put into it.
6: The thing is, for all the cheap, shoddy work that Filmation did over the years, they actually cared about these pulp heroes. So the stories were well written. The animation was, you know, about as good as they could do. But but they really caught the spirit of the original characters and you know it's not going to be any surprise to radio theater boy that's what was one of the big influences on me so yeah the tarzan lone ranger zoro adventure hour i remember that i watched that
1: yeah. yeah
6: kathy your choice
7: all right along this theme of educational shows um The early 90s was major about, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. And where best to learn how to save your environment than from Captain Planet (gasps) and the Planeteers. I loved the song, first off. Uh, Major props to the sound people. It was incredible, catchy. I listened to it again. Still got it. Um, But I loved, first off, that they added a fifth Person, because you know, earth, air, fire, water, the traditional you know elements
4: uh, that aren't uh, elements. elements. Long ago, Thank the four you. nations lived in peace. Uh,
7: but we need a fifth one, so let's add heart. Uh, but I always wanted to be heart because you got to talk to the animals. Um, so mad props to heart and uh, in, the entire Captain Planet and the Planeteers, which apparently is the second longest running '90s animated television show
1: who knew captain planet and the planeteers oh, yeah. you'll pay for this <laughs> all right uh did we did they save the planet oh no i didn't i didn't uh, want to go there
0: spoiler
8: uh, alert
1: ah uh, <laughs> uh, yes escapist fiction chip yeah. it's your pick okay
8: um if we do a bring out your dead round i will have more to say about tarzan in a different context right. but i want to stick with <laughs> filmation for a bit mm-hmm And I can't believe that I didn't think about this until David talked about Filmation, and I was like, "Of course, I loved Filmation." And David called me a sucker, but (laughs) I give you Flash Gordon. Filmation's Flash Gordon was effin' amazing. It had backlighting. I I, I have to emphasize Um, that. mm,
0: There you
8: go. Um, But especially for that, especially for that first season. um, Yeah, the first season's great yeah you had the the animation design is great uh when they got the rotoscoping going on the the animation looks good but the but you've got the classic pulp fiction storytelling um and it is serialized it goes from uh it it has a beginning and an end all the way through that um alan oppenheimer's ming the merciless you know he's he's getting that filmation work going in early there (laughs) um it scratched all of my Star Warsy itches, and um and had great music. The it, I think it's I think it's the, I think it is the best filmation cartoon, honestly. At least absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, He Man and the Masters of the Universe was obviously the most powerful, uh, the most powerful and popular and lucrative thing that they ever did, uh, but filmation for that narrow slice of time in the late seventies, early eighties, um, uh, they're taking that cheap animation and they're telling some actually really good stories. Yeah,
6: that first season is fantastic. The second season they kiddied it up a little bit. Yeah, Grimlin the, the gremlin same. the dragon and stuff yep. like that. No, but yeah, the first season.
1: I will highly recommend Joe Straczynski's um, biography, which is called Becoming Superman. Which is, mm-hmm. for lots yeah. of reasons, it's it's harrowing, but it's also brilliant. And he his childhood is, I mean, it's horrifying. But the in the later parts of the book, he does talk about being a writer in the animation business, and you're like, oh, that's why animation shows were animated shows were generally so bad, and the ones that were good got bad in the second or third season because the executives mm. um, didn't... They always wanted to dumb everything down. And and Flash Gordon sounds like a very good example of that, where they're like, hey, no more serial storytelling and add a fun dragon. <laughs> like, Let's okay. put in a gadsuki. Uh, Truj, your choice.
9: So... I'm going to pick a cartoon that is not a deep cut, which hurts my hipster heart. But I (laughs) want to just because, okay, I had to pick it because it has one of the best episodes of any cartoon in the early 2000s. And I'm going to describe the episode before revealing the show where all of the main characters start a marching band that is going terribly until they end up playing at the Super Bowl. And it's amazing. And it's Spongebob. (laughs)
3: <laughs> wow.
9: I wanted to do something that was a deeper cut, but when I really think about the cartoons that I loved when I was a kid, I just I accidentally watched every episode of SpongeBob because it was always on and it was just always such a fun time. It's just a very very good cartoon and like even when I was in college I would just like watch episodes of it in my free time and it's the TV show or the cartoon from my childhood that I think I think about the most because i still make jokes with my friends about episodes
4: it's the most enduring yeah, oh, yeah. is
9: mayonnaise an instrument is no, it no
4: it's not an <laughs> instrument <laughs> hey Trude, here's something interesting uh your two
5: shows that you've picked powerpuff girls and spongebob both full of tom kenny he's the voice of spongebob yes. yeah. and the announcer yes. slash mayor
9: yes tom kenny the best love so much
3: I do love Spongebob and you know people talked about I remember there being a debate at one point about like look how terrible children's cartoons are because like a bunch of people started watching Spongebob and I guess they were, they, there was something about like college stoners are watching yeah. you know, college kids are getting high mm-hmm. and watching Spongebob and like, I will
9: neither confirm nor deny that that's maybe what I
0: did
3: <laughs> but, <laughs> but at the same time like would that be so bad I mean
1: they're watching a show about a responsible homeowner do I have to bring the 70s uh, writer's back into this. Come on, yeah. people.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy. Uh, In my day, we had good cartoons like Pac-Man.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mr. T had
0: Aww.
3: a cartoon show yeah. just for people who think that, yeah, we thought we were yeah. so sweet. So yeah. Super Mario Brothers was Super
1: the Show. It wasn't a patch on the Jam. Muhammad Ali
8: cartoon. <laughs> All
1: right. I am going, I'm going to ch- make my choice here and although there, there is a show that I like better, I am going to stick with um, my childhood and I'm going to take you back to the very weird 70s cbs saturday morning lineup where they decided Mm -hmm. they would experiment with live action saturday morning tv shows
6: i think i know where you're going there
1: were there were several including i think perhaps most famously the uh gendered pair of shazam and isis which i Mm -hmm. watched and I liked Shazam. By the way, that that edition of Shazam, Billy Batson traveled the country in a Winnebago with uh, an older gentleman who was his mentor. I'm not kidding. His name the was mentor. mentor. Yes. However, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> we're not, not, not even going to try. Instead, I'm going to pick the bizarre post-apocalyptic fantasy where everybody <gasps> had names from the Bible yes. and there were also yes. robots. Ark two and there was a chimp. There was a chimp. There was a chimp. It was like a a
6: futuristic motorhome.
1: And it was like exactly right. Arc two was not a Winnebago. It was this (laughs) weird white long kind of wedge shaped. Winnebago, and they traveled the country, <laughs> the countryside in this post-apocalypse uh, trying to kind of like uh, learn what was going on. And it was like, you know, all of these shows like The Fugitive of the Incredible Hulk where week to week there would be, they'd meet a community and there'd be a problem and they'd get in trouble and then they'd solve it and they'd move on to the next one. And I was so captured as a six-year-old or whatever by Arc yeah. 2. I yeah. uh, had my dad um, get some scraps of wood that I could like hammer or glue together and I made this like wood box that I that I thought looked like Arc 2 and I wrote Arc 2 on it with like a crayon I was really into Arc 2 which uh, mm-hmm. is strange because I think they made 15 episodes of it although they ran them endlessly they ran for like four years <laughs> yeah man. yeah but i i and the whole there was definitely this shaggy 70s sensibility of like in the post-apocalypse we'll rebuild but it'll be like in the olden times so everybody had biblical names and that's why it was called arc 2 with roman like too was Wasn't the guy
6: with the beard named jonah yes 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 oh yeah i watched arc 2 over and over again oh, too wow this yeah. is not shocking.
1: This And this was, by the way, I will also say a filmation show because yep. filmation <laughs> got into live action because you don't have to pay animators then. Ha ha. <laughs> like I liked
6: Space Academy, but then they they like used the sets and changed it to Jason of Star Command, which was mm-hmm. insipid. Oh, another live action weird CBS. Yes, they definitely did this strange thing. And then what
1: happened was after the sort of mid 70s where they tried this, they were like, nah, nah just animation <laughs> C- cartoons are where it's at so they they stopped doing those but all right uh that brings us to the end of this draft but we will go around very very quickly uh, i would like you to tell me anything that you didn't get to pick that you would like to give a small amount of love to erica uh
2: the the one that was actually my second choice that i thought somebody might snipe was gem because again oh. band, <laughs> yeah also uh a uh, uh, com- supercomputer and holograms and truly magic outrageous yeah, truly truly truly, 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 truly outrageous. outrageous. Yes, uh, yes, yeah, yes. and and that music was genuinely contagious because I could not get it out of my head. Um, so there was that. I also. I don't care, guys. I like the Snorks. You can hate me if you want. They were fun. Um, they were so They were on my cute. list. I I adored Voltron so much. My very first uh, TV crush was Keith from Voltron. Um, I watched Rainbow Bright and uh, Strawberry Shortcake and the Care Bears uh, and yes. yeah, my pet monster and Inspector Gadget. And yes, I did watch Mr. T and Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling uh, and the Real Ghostbusters and GoBots and Transformers. I liked them both. So there.
1: Kelly.
3: The one that I thought, sure, and actually I left alone because I thought, sure, somebody would pick Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, well yeah. Sure. Mm. And that's another one that was really subversive in that when you get a chance Mm. to sit down and watch one now, uh, it's really entertaining and there's a lot of stuff that just flew over my head when I was small. The end of cartoons was always American Bandstand, which was one I thought I would end up talking about. Um, along with the Hall of Justice, we had Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yes. I also watched uh, the Laugh Olympics, which was like a whole bunch of yeah. cartoon shows oh, at the yeah. same time, which is why I enjoyed it. The world's greatest and crossover. My brother really liked Elvin and the Chipmunks, so it's a thing that I have seen more <laughs> of than I want to admit. Um Pink Panther and Sons was always really fun. I vividly remember a show called Spider-Woman that I don't think Mm -hmm. aired for very long. Oh, yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. But I think it was one that they made like 10 episodes and then ran for like many, many years.
6: And it was totally uh, unrelated to Spider-Man.
3: Yes! And there was another show that I remember that n- people don't, under, don't think was real, which is called Pryor's Place, where Richard Pryor yep. had like yeah. a children's television yep. program, which I always thought, like, in retrospect, is, is even weirder than most of the Sid and Marty Kroft stuff. And also, Bill and Ted's excellent cartoon.
1: All right. Mm. <laughs> Brian.
4: Bring Cat Dog, uh, Spongebob is also on my list, <laughs> Rocco's Modern Life, Doug, Rocket Power, Angry Beavers, literally any mid-90s Nickelodeon cartoon was on my list. Also from the Cartoon Network camp of things, Cow and Chicken, and Ed, Ed, and Eddie. All right. Monty. Well, I very much loved and still love Josie and the Pussycats and all versions right of it,
5: including the terrible cartoon Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space, and the movie, which if you have not seen the movie... I assure you, it is a really good, smart parody. It's a great movie. Um, I also really like uh, Crossover, so I had Scooby's Laugh Olympics, which, when you first looked at it, looked like they had taken a whole bunch of characters from all over Hanna-Barbera, but really they just made up a whole bunch of characters fresh. Uh, I liked Yogi's Gang, which was that one where Yogi had an airship and uh, went around with <laughs> oh, all yeah. his pals that were other Hanna-Barbera stars. Uh, more or less in every episode. Yeah. And finally, I'm going to say Battle of the Planets, which was uh, oh yeah, suspiciously like the later G-Force or Gatchaman. And this is what anime was like for people of my generation. <laughs> and uh, finally, while researching this, I found out about a show called The Robonic Stooges, which is about the Three Stooges, if they were badly made robot superheroes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm going to go watch the heck out of that as soon as I can find some
6: episodes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. David, uh, bring out your dad. All right. Star Trek, of course. Uh, Uh The original Pink Panther series with the Ant and the Aardvark and and the Inspector. Um, Riders in the Sky. They did a a series after Pee-Wee's Playhouse. With Riders in the Sky, a cowboy trio that is delightful. And if you ever get a chance to see them on tour, they are wonderful. Um, Schoolhouse Rock, Space Academy, Freakazoid the Tick, um, the original Ghostbusters, and Far Out Space Nuts, which was live action. But, you know, I had a soft spot for Bob Denver doing Slapstick. I think that and Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space and Gilligan's Planet all used the, I said press
5: the lunch button, not the launch button. Yes, every
6: one of them. And, and then this one's a little, a little obscure. The Croft Super Show, which was made up of oh, yeah. Dr. Shrinker, yeah. um, starring Jeff McKay, later Mac from Magnum PI, and uh, Electro Woman and Dinah Girl and Wonderbug. And it's not great. But I still have a soft spot for Electra Woman and Dinah Girl.
7: Same. Kathy? All right. I've got Care Bears, Inspector Gadget, and Alvin, of course. Uh, Sesame Street, classic. Loved it. Uh, and then all three versions of The My Little Pony. Uh, I'm going oh, to pick yeah. Friendship is Magic as well. Even though I wasn't a child, I still watched it Saturday mornings in my pajamas with my daughter. So there.
8: It's a good show. Very good show. Indeed. Chip? I can't believe I had so much uh filmation on my bring out your dead. Uh um, uh He-Man's obscure uh cousin Black Star. Oh wow,
6: yeah. yeah. I remember
8: that. Yeah. That was the, that was like He-Man before they got the license to do He Man. Right. Well they made um, up He-Man. A, the power store the power star split into the sp- star sword and the power sword mm-hmm. and a, uh and a and a guy with his he-man's fashion sense and all that other stuff 13 episodes it was fine um uh also from filmation uh, on the same theory as challenge of the super friends where more is better even when more <laughs> is not actually better
6: tarzan and the super seven oh, uh, yeah yeah that came after the lone ranger hour yeah, yeah, so you had Tarzan, the
8: Batman, Freedom Force, Jason of Star Command, and let us not forget Manta and Moray, right. and Super Stretch and Microwoman, <laughs> right. and Web Woman. I, I don't remember, remember them it at at it. all those at I, 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 I actually do remember God, Super God, Stretch no. and Microwoman. And those
6: Batman and Robins were basically repackaged from the one they did earlier in the 70s with, with Weston yeah. Ward. Mm-hmm. With Weston Ward, uh-huh. that's right. Um, Real Ghost, Real Ghostbusters
8: debuted on Saturday morning TV, but again, I have to use the word specifically. We were talking about that mm-hmm. first season when the animation was good and they didn't uh, neuter uh, Janine and J. Michael Straczynski and all that other stuff. And finally, uh, because I was too old for it, but I watched it anyway, Batman Beyond. Oh, that yeah. debuted on oh, that yeah. debuted on yeah. Saturday morning t- TV, and I expected Reach so little out. of it, and I was so pleasantly surprised. And finally, setting up my status as a sucker for the entire George Lucas oeuvre, <gasps> droids, oh. the adventures of R two D two and C three PO. Yes, it sucked. Yes,
1: I didn't care. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, that really sums up the Saturday morning TV experience in our era. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite yes. honestly, uh, Trudge.
9: My deep cut is a show called Sky Dancers. Um, yes. Was, oh. <laughs> yeah. So it was about uh, a group of teenagers who had wings attached to their arms question mark and they used the <laughs> power of dance to save the world. And it was canceled because it had no educational content. It was a, it was a commercial. <laughs> it was an ad. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It well, But yeah, it was pretty good for that. It was it a was, you know, well, and it was a show that had really good music. Actually, right. that I still think about often.
1: Right. Nice. Uh, most of mine have been mentioned. I did have Spider-Man: and His Amazing Friends. Go watch the opening titles for that, and you'll see everything you need to know about it. They uh, there were so few good uh, female characters on uh, in Marvel Comics that they had to invent Firestar, who now is a real character in Marvel Comics. Uh, she and Bobby Drake, Iceman from the X Men, and and Peter Parker. They live in a cool apartment slash townhouse where they can like press buttons and their whole like living room turns into a science lab. And then they, uh, they fly around and, uh, fight monsters and stuff. And it, it blew my mind as a kid. Um, uh, Land of the Lost, I mentioned. Hmm. Another weird light action show. This is like the equivalent of that. Erica, you know that time in the 70s where everybody who made Doctor Who discovered Chroma Key and they did oh, everything yeah. with Chroma Key? That's Land <laughs> yeah. of the Color Lost.
2: separation overlay. Yeah. Yes.
1: Hmm. Yes. In England, called something else, but the same thing. Well, Land of the Lost was that. It was like, we could do a weird sci-fi show on Saturday morning if everything was a green screen and it was... Also um, a an Worm And uh, The Tick... I'm going to mention because I did watch it, as I said earlier, on Saturday mornings. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite uh, Saturday morning cartoons of all time and one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Amazing. uh, Amazing. I hope that it finds a good, stable streaming service home someday because those episodes are hilarious. The cartoon is still the best version of it. It is. It is. And I I like the live action versions, but the cartoon is the best. It's amazing. Uh, It's unfiltered and weird and uh, it's great. I always preferred (laughs) the comic book. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I'm going to say uh, the show that I watched with my kids that I still like, and I think maybe I always liked it better than them, um, for a newer cut. And you can't even see it anymore, I think, because it's time has come and gone. But I love Maisie. Yes! Which is bright primary colors, and my uh, TV Talk Machine co-host, Tim Goodman, refers to it as uh, televised Xanax. And that's about right. It's <laughs> It's slow and gentle. And brightly colored, and Maisie the Mouse and her collection of friends very slowly do things like get a kite out of a tree. Or learn to use the potty. This is such a delightful
6: show.
9: I watched this while when I babysat, and it was amazing.
6: All the kids' DVDs that we got rid of that they didn't watch anymore, I still have all the Miffy DVDs and all the Maisy DVDs. Oh Miffy! Oh Miffy! Miffy, Miffy. This is so Miffy so funny. So Miffy's like the
1: Netherlands' most popular child's character, and nobody yeah. else knows who Miffy is, but.
4: I know who Miffy is. All yeah, right. Miffy.
1: Miffy was on Noggin and except Brian. For a I while. Meant except Brian.
4: <laughs> thank I you. don't. All right.
1: Oh. Uh, I don't know either have, of them. All right. I would like to thank my panelists for doing this ridiculous thing that we did. Erica, you had Kid Video, Galaxy High, and a bowl of Apple Jacks. Thank you for being here.
2: That sounds like a perfect Saturday morning. And I'm already in my pajamas right now, actually. Maybe I should see if I can track those down.
1: Find some apple jacks. uh, But brush your teeth before bed. Remember, (sighs) it's only part of this nutritious breakfast. Just part. It's not the whole breakfast. (laughs) Kelly, you had Pee Wee's Playhouse, Muppet Babies. And cocoa pebbles in a peach fire king bowl. Yes, thank you All for being those here. Things. Thank you so much for having me. This was super duper fun, Brian Hamilton. Thank you for being here. You had the fairly odd parents, Rugrats, and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cookie Crisp, part of his complete <laughs> podcast.
9: No, you picked Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Brian.
1: <laughs> Brian Monty, you had the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour, Time for Timer, and Cookie Crisp. <laughs>
5: Remember. Muttley is the one on wacky races mumbly is the
1: one on laugh olympics ah. good to know good to know david jay lore thank you for being here you had scooby-doo where are you the tarzan lone ranger zorro adventure hour and some lucky charms
6: they're always after my lucky charms what can i say they're magically delicious
1: <laughs> kathy
6: campbell you
1: had teenage mutant ninja turtles i think they're heroes on a Half Shell, I think. Uh, Captain Planet and the Planeteers and and Crunch's Crunch Berries.
7: <laughs> Let's take this pollution down to zero. All right, oh! Chip.
1: <laughs> Sutterth, uh Chip, you had D- Dungeons and Dragons, Flash Gordon, and Booberry. Specifically, specifically. Boo Berry. Thank you for being here my pleasure uh truge you had the power puff girls spongebob SquarePants. wow what a, that is a great pair that you just <laughs> selected and to top it all off you get the golden grams which have no mascot because they don't need one thank you for no, being I here can...
9: if nautical nonsense be something you wish
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh i have been your host jason snell i am at the hall of justice with the super friends i am rolling around the post-apocalyptic countryside in a futuristic winnebago called ark roman numeral two and i am chowing down perhaps driving arc two is cap and crunch himself maybe it could be it could be out the roof of my mouth ow but it tastes so sweet uh, and thank you to everybody out there for listening to this episode of the incomparable look you know you know what you were gonna get it's the incomparable uh thank you for listening <laughs> we will see you next saturday morning
8: I'm muted for the moment, but I'm recording.
1: Unmuting. We heard all of that, Chip. (laughs) (laughs) Recording. (laughs) I'm not currently muted. I'm not muted either. Is this voice activated muting? (laughs) Hi, I'm muting now.
7: (laughs) An awesome chick who I was like, yeah, I want to be a news anchor. Role model. (laughs) <laughs> or a model, you know, it's all good.
1: A role model, role model, role model.
7: Yes, yes, yes. That's the
1: best kind of model to be, by the way.
0: <laughs> Supermodel model? comes
1: in second to role model.
0: Yes, this is part of my Absolutely. new uh, my new motivational
1: yes. speaking series that I'll be giving.
7: <laughs> <laughs> we'll subscribe.
1: Thank you.